Training officer's log, stardate 607125.6. After the crew's last mission conducting first contact went terribly awry, I fear their failure is tearing them apart. Falling down is easy. It's getting up that takes practice, which is why, as their advisor, it was time to stir things up. Uh, uh. Hello and welcome to Strange New Takes. I'm your host Naj Karnig and with me recording messages to Bill, Rudy, Dinah and Max to finish the podcast after the three of us are dead are Adam Bowen and Emily Bowen Marlar. Welcome to Strange New Takes. Today we're covering the eighth episode of the first season of Star Trek Prodigy, Time Amok. And that is totally like catching me off guard. I want to say Amok time so bad. <laughs> <laughs> We just need to sing the music over it, too. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, follow us on social media. That's at Strange New Takes on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, tell your friends uh, about the podcast as well. And uh, both you, your friends, and I think everyone on social media should all go and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts because it's, it's just a real good ego trip. Oh, by the way, uh, Adam, I wanted to tell you and more importantly, the listeners that you can also rate us on other podcasting mediums. I believe on Spotify, there's a rating system, perhaps. There's, I think, one on uh, BeyondPod, the podcast app that I use. So whichever app you're on or whatever you're doing, if you can just go to our like our main profile, like while I'm talking right now and just hit that like rating button and tell us what you think, I'd really appreciate it. Before we get started, I just want to remind you that we are going to spoil the heck out of this episode. So if you have not seen Time Amok or Amok Time, because who knows, we may spoil that one too, but um, you should probably pause our podcast right now and go watch that episode and then come back and join us. All right. Well, as, uh, as I mentioned before, today we're talking about the eighth episode of the first season of Star Trek Prodigy, Time Amok. First aired on 20th January 2022. It was written by Nikhil S. Jayaram. It's an Indian name, and I'm kind of jealous Rudy ain't here to geek out about that with me for the second here. <laughs> it is directed by Olga Ulanova and Sung Shim. Sung Shin. I believe Olga Ulanova was directing the fast parts of the episode, and Sung Shin was directing the slow parts of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know that for certain. <laughs> Uh, here is the here's a summary from Memory Alpha suffering through his first infliction of Bon Far the walk <laughs> that is perfect that is perfect now no. you need to leave all of this in Notch because that makes it even better <laughs> yeah right uh, no that is not what happened in this episode uh, that's a mock time from the from the Star Trek, the original series. In this episode, when the USS Protostar is fractured in time by an anomaly, Hologram Janeway must synchronize the disjointed crew and save their ship before it destructs. All right. We always start with our strange new takes. So who's got a strange new take for me, crew? So let's see. I... This was another uh, pretty darn cold week, and uh, usually our assumption is that our chickens have a an egg song that they sing right before they go to lay an egg, but since they're inside of our house uh, in the basement, we could hear them the whole time. And in this case, Florence decided that she was just going to moan for three hours straight. Oh my God. Uh, oh no. So that was that was fun. Uh, and then once she laid an egg, she just stopped and was fine. Uh, <laughs> it was so, like a hard labor. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that was uh, uh, discomfort or pain or what, but uh, I'm glad that she she laid it and was fine. Um, for the uh, the episode itself. Um, yeah, I, 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 I really enjoy getting to see uh, Rock, like, kind of process the world and, like, sort of le- learn lessons al- along the way. It's, I, I just, I, I don't know. I'm really impressed with, with how they deal with her character. 
and this is just like another good one to uh, to have along with all the others that we've we've had that kind of at least give focuses on rock for like a few scenes. Um, so yeah, I just enjoyed it. Well, you were like talking about egg songs going for three hours, and then that just made me think of labor. So I'm trying to come up with a strange new take that is does not pertain to me being in labor because <laughs> no one wants to hear that. <laughs> um, let's see. What can my strange new take be? Um, I think it will be, um, yeah, I don't really have anything exciting to share except COVID sucks. Y'all. It just sucks. Really? What a strange new take. <laughs> I know. I know. No one has ever heard that strange new take, but I think, you know, Adele did a little Instagram update about having to postpone her show. She was very emotional during it. And I was like, Adele, I feel you. I feel you so much. This is just life right now. And so anyway, but in some ways, it's kind of been nice that people are just coming to the point where, you know what, we just need to kind of claim it and say things just aren't going to go the way we want them to right now. And we're just going to go with it. And I keep saying to everyone that I know I'm just, you know, grace abounding. I'm just going to extend grace to everybody and I hope they're extending it back to me. So yeah, um, my strange you take for the episode is this was the first prodigy episode I got a little choked up in. So that was nice. That is really nice. Yeah. My strange new take is uh, that I have now got a pair of heated socks in addition to my heated gloves. I am excited to wear them tonight for the first time, my heated socks. I have worn my heated gloves before. They do make a difference, and they're pretty good. They last about an hour and a half on their maximum setting, and I almost get sweaty if I'm wearing mittens and it's like 10 degrees or above. So uh, we'll see what happens with these heated socks. Uh, It's going to be... I don't know. I guess I should be more worried about washing heated... I'm, I'm more worried about washing heated socks, but I should be the same worried about heated gloves, but somehow I'm not. It's a funny thing how we treat our mm-hmm. hands and feet differently. Are, th- are these ones where you like plug them into something, or I, I don't even they understand have little the battery packs. Okay, battery okay. Packs. So they have got they're kind of big on like the ends of them, you know, like around the wrists for the mm-hmm. for the gloves and around the shin for the for the socks. So you have to plug mm-hmm. them in, but they do make like so. I've spent like two hours outside walking around, kind of a little course while doing some sports, and it it is a hundred percent more pleasant for someone like me with bad circulation Mm. uh, in my in my fingertips to be wearing heated stuff so nice anyway well my strange to take for this episode is that sometimes i guess i was gonna say sometimes star trek community surprises me but it really shouldn't because i went onto the discussion thread for this episode and found a bunch of people being like what did anyone realize that they got the star date wrong and janeway's like opening uh log she says, like, this date in, like, 900 years in the future or whatever. It's, like, I forget the exact date. But, and then people were, like, yeah, they messed that up. It really sucks. And then, like, JR and Walkie had to come on and be, like, no, that's actually an early sign that there's timey-wimey stuff happening. And it's affecting her program already at the start of the episode. It's an Easter egg we left in. So, oh. I don't know about y'all. I have never once heard a star date and been, like, dude, the trusty star date converter. And, like... Checked. <laughs> I, I I mean I I I did that for the previous one because uh where where they mentioned oh. something that was in season three of right. uh, Next Generation. For this one, I I did notice that like six. Uh, I I I wrote it down somewhere, but I I don't See, have it in Adam's front of me. But the it kind was a person that I didn't anticipate the existence of. I yeah, I, I I didn't actually look it up, but the moment I heard it, I was like, mm, what? <laughs> yeah, wow. it, it, it it was Star Date. Uh, Six zero seven one two five point six. Yeah, I guess you are a math major, so that makes sense. So, um, yeah, I, I can I tell when ne- two numbers are 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 very far apart from each other, or when they're close. I have never <laughs> even tried to translate star dates into anything. I just assume they're all made up, and the points don't matter, you know. So <laughs> it, it's like I just I just See, go with it. I know the formula for next generation. So okay. when it's a next generation, if I hear a star date, I can tell you what season it's in and whether it's in the beginning, middle or end of the season. Okay. But once you start getting past in later seasons of Voyager, I don't know anymore because I have to do math in my head and I just too, am too lazy to do it, you know? Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, um, 
from now on I will I will pay more attention to Stardates because apparently there might be Easter eggs in there. <laughs> but let's start talking about this episode more in depth. Um, the first thing I was going to mention is this whole Stardate situation that we, we get a log from Janeway though, and that made me like not choke up, but it was it was it just it touched a very deep like longing in me that I didn't even know I had. Uh, to hear Janeway do a, a captain's log at the start of an yeah. episode. So good. So I good. keep wanting to call her Captain Janeway, and I'm like, oh, she's not actually Captain Janeway. <laughs> she's, she's, you know, I don't know what she is. Hologram she, Janeway. Yeah, she's listed as Hologram Janeway in the credits, yeah. but they also, like, call her just random things throughout uh-huh. the episodes. <laughs> it's a little uh-huh. confusing. <laughs> and we also open with a... Teamwork makes the dream work type activity. Have you all done an activity like that before? Have you all tried to put a fox, a hen, and some eggs into a boat and row it across the river? No, but we do say teamwork makes the dream work all the time in my household. (laughs) 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 I I don't know. I mean, I've I've definitely done, uh, we've had a, a variety of like sort of, yeah, like, either games or exercises that I've done in companies before, but I don't think I've done the the fox and the hen and the uh, the grain one. But I, I was delighted to see a chicken for a good bit of this episode. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, that made me think of you for sure. So this is actually a, a riddle that has historically been used. I don't know its history, but it, mm-hmm. it's basically mm-hmm. you, you if you leave the fox with the chicken, he will eat it. If you leave the chicken with the grain, he will eat it. Uh, so not eggs, grain, by the way. It's fox, hen, and grain. Yeah. How can you get all three across safely? So here's, do you just want the answer or do you want to try to think about it for a second? Well, can't you just, you have to take each one at a time or can you do the, um, can you do the fox and the grain together, leave them over there and then go get the hen and then you've got them all. So take the chicken over first, go back and bring the grain next. But instead of leaving the chicken with the grain, come back with the chicken, leave the Uh chicken on the first side, take the fox with you, leave it with the grain, then go back for the chicken and bring it over. So there's only room in the boat for one at a time. Oh yeah. Otherwise, we'd well, be able to. Yeah, they would eat it if they're if if the the assumption is if if either thing that is interacting with another thing mm-hmm. is on the boat, they will eat it. Yeah, yeah. I or see. or maybe there's just you no. Can no, just I, say, I I think it's yeah. it's it's that if they're in the same place on the same side where you're not supervising them, but there's only mm-hmm. room for one in the boat. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. All right. So yeah. Teamwork makes way, the dream work. Emily we were able to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We we solved it. Um. Well, but the crew on the show doesn't. No. 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 They're too busy, like, wanting to eat the fox and, you know, fighting and. <laughs> <laughs> They're children. They've lost their mojo. Yeah. I, Not that they ever had it to begin with, but I I, I did I, I appreciated that we saw uh well I was I appreciated slash I was also confused uh when Rock was uh watching them in the holodeck. But I don't know if, if this is a I see that uh, the dog has created another gaseous anomaly for Emily. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad, y'all. <laughs> Whew, I don't I, I don't want to breathe in. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. But yeah, I, so I, I get the sense that like Rock maybe solved it in her mind. I don't think she actually said the solution on the episode though. Um, but I, but Rock yeah, I also zero. No, Rock was was watching the them from the beginning. So I don't know if that was like a recording of oh, the holodeck. Oh, oh, later on when yeah, she was watching the, the yeah, replay the or whatever. End. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. Wasn't that like, I thought that was kind of like a dream sequence almost or something like that. I don't I wouldn't, know. I almost felt like maybe she made it because she missed them. And so she, uh, yeah, because she learned how to do so many things. I want, I really want to know how long she was there. I mean, I know Janeway. Maybe she was there until hint, the 30th century. <laughs> <laughs> Lordy. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 this had to have been years or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, it, just because it like learning quantum mechanics and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Or Rock is really smart. Well, yeah, we, we'll, let's get to Rock and the learning when we get towards the end of the episode. Yeah. Okay, not, fair enough. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. So, okay, we have this thing. Then the crew tearfully admits to Janeway that they are not cadets. So we finally have the revelation yeah. Um, and Janeway reacts to that just like you would want a big mama bear to react, which is like, you're still my crew. I don't mm-hmm. care. Well, and I loved that Zero stayed behind to explain it. 
I thought that yes. was a nice, you know, we didn't get to see that scene, but I liked that we saw that that happened. Yeah. I think Gwyn and Zero are my favorite characters mm. on the show, by the way. and it's, They're it's, definitely the ones that are keeping them alive. <laughs> yeah, they're the two smartest yeah. ones and the most, like, level-headed. So mm-hmm. I, but I have, I have really come to appreciate Zero just not only as, like, a logic person, logical person, but, like, also just the random stuff that sometimes happens, like when Dal used Zero as a flashlight <laughs> on the <laughs> planet. It's like, I don't know how to feel about this. Yeah, there's definitely, like, there's a healthy amount of sight gags that they do <laughs> with yeah. Zero that are great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I so I, I I've I've really enjoyed that, and I, I like you, Emily. I was just like, okay, fine. Someone like took her through it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're not gonna get a scene of Jinry being like, "What do you mean? Someone explain it to me!" Like it's not some melodramatic thing. Yeah, right? like uh, the diviner explaining to Janeway, and like that's why Janeway needs to betray the crew to <laughs> uh, give him the the children so that he can sl- enslave them again. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we also have, speaking of the Diviner, we have Diviner and Dreadnought being like, we're too far, but ho, 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 there are other things we can do. Evil. Which, I, I mean, honestly, that is, like, one of the coolest ways of, like, taking over a ship that I've seen in Star Trek. Like, I I, I love that idea of, of using the vehicle replicator for more than just, like, oh, this is how we 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 destroyed 17 shuttles or whatever in Star Trek Voyager. It's uh, like an actual integral plot point for this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love the, I don't know if you all still want to go talk about that, but I love the next scene when you see Gwyn and Jankum standing out looking, you know, uh, looking out and seeing the, what did they call it? Was it a ion storm or a plasma storm? or uh, tachyon, a storm. tachyon storm. Tachyon storm. Yeah. One of those things, you know, one of those Star Trek kind of storms. Um, so <laughs> there's a tachyon storm. And I love how Jankum's like, oh, I just thought it was a physical manifestation of how I'm feeling. And I was like, <laughs> yes, yes. I think that's all of us right now. <laughs> Yeah, that, I was, that was great. That yeah. was amazing. That was it, definitely it, one of my favorite bits. It, if it was an ion storm, this would have been a, either a mirror universe episode or one of them would have been duplicated. Uh, oh, and since yes. it was timey wimey, that's why we know it was a tachyon. Tachyon. That's right. That's right. That makes sense. I have to give some credit to the writers for again coming up with such a Voyager plot. And I mean, in fact, it's yeah. not like it's not like just Voyager like reminiscent in its like time travel. This is almost literally, like, with some slight modifications, the plot of Shattered in Voyager, where 11th episode of the seventh season, Chakotay is... The ship is hit by an anomaly that travels through the ship, much like the the Tachyon Storm in our Prodigy episode. And then Chakotay is out of step with different parts of the ship, which are in different parts of time. So it's kind of like... It's not quite a clip show of the past of Voyager, but essentially he goes through the previous seven seasons of Voyager and a little bit of the future in every room he goes through. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very reminiscent of this episode. Which I, I'm going to have to watch it again. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm into... Because, I don't know, I, I know we've complained about certain things where they're just, like, rehashing things. And I know that people have had plenty of complaints about, like... Uh, into darkness just like doing wrath of khan but like what if we switched like a couple of things uh i think i'm i'm more into this like using the bones of a plot from a previous episode of like it's cool to have time get shattered and we're all sort of like separated but then uh it's it's not that we then each see like different time different like uh the future and the past of the protostar or something like that which i mean could have been cool we could have learned about like what happened uh, with Chakotay's crew or something like that. But um, I think, especially with there being like 700 plus hours of Star Trek out there, like mm-hmm. it, I think it's, uh, it, it makes sense to kind of embrace that like you're going to have similarities to a lot of other episodes uh, kind of naturally. So you might as well kind of purposefully pick uh, something that you can really do something interesting with. Well, and the other thing is, it's still different. Well, I was going to say, we always joke that there's only like two sermons and you're just like preaching a variation of different, you know, I mean, like there's only so many stories that can be told. So, yeah. but it's, it's how you tell them. And this one was different in that it was this, everyone was experiencing the same 10 minutes just mm-hmm. at a different speed. And so it was, in that sense, it wasn't the same as the Voyager episode because it wasn't different eras. They were yeah, all yeah. in the exact same pocket of time. Um, they just experienced 
each of them experienced that pocket of time differently. Yeah, and and I guess I I had a moment where I thought we were going to turn this into a, a causality loop episode uh, since we blew up the ship yeah. in the first act. That's <laughs> but, what I thought too. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have been into that too because and we that's that's been great every time I've seen it, but uh, uh, so, I, it was done very recently with Discovery though. Yeah, it was. It was. I I want I want to give a quick call out to um, David Mack who was a writer for two episodes of. DS9 and specifically Starship Down and it's only a paper moon and he is a story consultant on Lower Decks and Prodigy and what he said is here's here's a tweet verbatim from him I thought Star Trek had done all that could be done with temporal anomalies the the writers of Star Trek Prodigy proved me wrong in the best way possible this might in fact be one of the best episodes of its kind in Star Trek history whatever you do don't miss this episode and you know, I I really gotta like hand it to the to the writers. This I would the, the time travel never really. You know, we did our our time travel in Star Trek series a while back now, mm-hmm. and one of the discussion points we had was: Does the does the time travel mechanic interrupt you as the episode is going to make you think like ah this is like weird I don't know like there's easy solutions, or or does it just engross you? or give you a way to get engrossed into the story by just giving you a me- mechanic to like make the the rest of the story work and unfold. And I think this is definitely the latter where mm-hmm. yes, the mechanic just enables a great set of scenes to come after it. And there mm-hmm. at no point I was I like, actually, here's what I think I would do. You know, like it was just like, forget about that. Doesn't matter anymore. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. it, 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 it's um, I think it was a really effective use of like the techno babble of uh, we just give this like it's oscillating time. You know, that's like a normal thing that happens. And we didn't. Uh, like we, it gave us a good illustration and explained sort of the structure yeah. of like what was happening, um, which I, I thought was great. And and yeah, also worth mentioning that David Mack also has written like a bazillion uh, Star Trek uh, novels. That's what I was thinking. I'd heard of yeah. his name that way too. It's um, so yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess it kudos to the writers of Prodigy for nailing yet another episode. I don't think I've ever watched a Star Trek series which has had eight episodes. With high quality writing, back to back to back mm-hmm. to back, with different writers. Yeah, this is nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I'm so used to like. Well, I mean, we've ta- we've talked about it before, where we're used to like <laughs> clunky first seasons. But uh, I think you're right. Like this might even be beating up against uh, maybe any season of a Star Trek in terms of like try to find eight consecutive episodes that are all great uh, without like a single clunker or like uh yeah so you know this is kind of jumping out of prodigy tiny bit we got a whole mm-hmm. bunch of release dates this week for upcoming star trek um and we finally have a release date for strange new worlds which is the whole reason we started this podcast and i've been kind of thinking i'm gonna hang my hat on strange new worlds it's finally gonna do what i've been wanting star trek to do since we've had new trek come back yeah but i don't feel that way anymore because Prodigy's doing that for me and yeah. so i anyway that's kind of, i said that to travis yesterday when we were wa- or this morning when we were watching it i'm like i just feel like like we're getting the kind of star trek that i've missed a little bit yes um, with prodigy hundred percent. I hope that Strange New Worlds is able to build on this even more. That they're able to just be even better. Mm-hmm. This actually gives this series gives me hope. Like mm-hmm. I, I'll be honest. I told you guys. I thought Lower Deck season one was the best first season of Star Trek ever. But like there were times when Lower Decks fell short for me, yeah. and I was like. And and I was thinking, like, why can't Star Trek have a Mandalorian where every episode just freaking nails it and it's mm-hmm. just beautiful? I think we've got it. And now yeah. this gives me hope that we can have more series that, that hit those marks. Um, another thing, by the way, while we're on the topic of Strange New Worlds, I hope Strange New Worlds brings back some Enterprise characters. Um, they didn't do that on Discovery. and But easily, like, say, for example, T'Pol could still be alive. Um, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, that's true. We could have a old racist Captain Archer be given a walk around the ship in the premiere. <laughs> I mean, we 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 criticize Discovery for having Spock's brother or Spock's sister be like the reason that we're watching it. Uh, Next Generation did pull the same shit with us on that first episode. <laughs> like, yeah, no, Bones well, was and they on the Spock ship too. Therefore, this is legit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah. Next Generation is the one that started it because they yeah. brought Spock back. So then everyone had to have Spock after that. So <laughs> Picard is actually Kirk's illegitimate son. Like that was <laughs> <laughs> had him in the Nexus. It you, it it makes they both were in the net Nexus. It exactly. was it it was definitely possible for this to have happened. Well, he yeah. did say I was flying. I was in the stars when your grandfather was in diapers. So mm, mm. let's mm. see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. Uh, Coming back to, yeah, coming back to (laughs) Prodigy. We've got to talk about the mechanic, um, but I'm thinking we can can just wait for just a minute or two to do that after, to to start talking about the characters after the break. If if we could just tackle um, Dreadnought for a minute and the fact Mm. that this vehicle replicator isn't locked down uh, and you can just send it a signal from 4,000 light years away (laughs) without anybody knowing, which I guess makes sense since Dreadnought has Chakotay's access codes. Yeah. Man, that yeah. was freaky when he started using Chakotay's voice in Access Code. I was like, no! Oh, yeah. I, 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 had, a, I had a moment like where my, my brain like slightly broke. I'm like, wait, he's talking in Chakotay's voice. Has it been Chakotay's voice the whole time? You're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> That's not what the twist is. <laughs> Dietrich like, was... Is he Chakotay? <laughs> Dietrich was so distraught. He was like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit his face or kick his face and pull out his eyelights. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow. God. <laughs> he was really into defeating Dreadnought. <laughs> so. This is hilarious. This is hilarious. Oh, man. Uh, also, Dreadnought on the ship, credited as Dread 2 on Memory Alpha. Um, it voiced... does have a different design. Yep, does have a different design. Both mm-hmm. of them, by the way, are voiced by Jimmy Simpson. So they do have a separate voice actor. You've not been hearing Robert Beltran's voice <laughs> this whole time. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. We've had we've had fake uh, actors show up, uh, it, or that they are later revealed to be different people. Right, so. right. That's <laughs> it could. true. Yeah, yeah. Do, uh, does this person have other credits, and are they Star Trek Voyager? Dreadnought <laughs> is actually a Klingon this whole time, in a, in an altered body. <laughs> that's what that's what's been happening. I, you know, side note, I, I would, I do want uh, Shazad uh, Latif, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, back on the show. He was pretty good. I, yeah. I genuinely appreciate that we had a South Asian actor playing a main character and kind of miss Even it. Even though his name was Ash Tyler. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> but it, you know, I'll I, take what I can get at this point. Now, yeah, I he, always... He I, was really good. Well, and I was under the impression, like, if they... I felt like he could potentially, if they do a Section 31, which I'm not excited about a Section 31, but if they do it, I felt like they kind of opened the door for him to be a big part of it as well. In addition yeah, to that's that's kind of what my feeling was, too, is like it would be a uh, a Giorgio and uh, and Ash Tyler mm-hmm. type series. But but yeah, I'd. Uh... <laughs> yeah, uh, they, they might also bring him back on Strange New Worlds. Who knows? But uh, he's, he's oh, a fair. good He's a good addition to the uh, to the lore, and I'm sure Mary Chievo is gonna play some sort of character on Strange New Worlds for sure. Some recurring something or another without her makeup. It's just a, that would I mean, be awesome. She, she's too entrenched in the Star Trek universe not well, to. And they do that. I mean, there's such a history of using actors they love over and over in different. You right. know, that's the beauty of Star Trek. You can hide them behind prosthetics. See, I'm just now waiting for the prodigy <laughs> actors to show up on Strange New Worlds or the Star Trek as like different characters and to be like, that voice, I, yeah. I recognize that. Yeah. Oh, man. That'd be awesome. Yeah, it would be. It would be. All right, let's take a break here. We'll come back with uh, more of the plot of this episode. I told you I'd mess it up. You didn't. You added a piece to the puzzle. It may not be finished, but you're all in this together. What happens next? We trust each other. Welcome back to Strange New Takes. Do you guys watch the Picard trailer that came out yesterday? Yes. Yes, I did. What'd you think? Uh... I, I I really like I liked the um we're getting a little bit deeper into like what possibly could be going on that makes them go to uh the year twenty twenty four or whatever. But I I kind of like alternate timeline things. So like th- there's a moment where we see a, a a painting behind Picard that has uh I think it's a it's a redo of a painting that we've seen of the Enterprise, but it, this time it like clearly has lots of guns on it and uh things like that. Uh, so I, I, I'm, in, I'm intrigued, uh, 
season one was still me- so messy that I'm I I'm not sure whether to be hopeful or not. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm into it. Twenty twenty four. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say there's that trailer <laughs> where they just pan through um, Picard's like office, and the the shot that they show is it's it's you're absolutely right adam but it, i i don't know if it's from something else in in star trek or whether it's just this uh show that they've done this but it's it's basically just the enterprise d mm-hmm. zipping through <clears throat> space and so when it becomes the 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 trailer that we just watched it becomes some sort of attack ship attacking things instead of just zipping through space mm, yeah all I know is I thought I just feel like 2024 is a little too close for comfort because um, uh, what did they do? 2020 something in past tense. And they made that one in the 90s and watching it in the year 2020 was too close for comfort. I was like, y'all predicted it a little too on the nose. If DS9. Wait, no, so, no, no past, past tense was in. I thought it was in 2024. Was it? I can't I, remember. I yeah, just remember. I, it I, was... I think when we were watching it, we were talking about like, oh, this is only like a couple years away and yeah. it feels believable. <laughs> I know. I know. So that's why I'm kind of like when I hear it's 2024 for this, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I want to. Yeah. So it, it's it's a um, yeah, I, it, it's I don't know. I, I'm I'm into I, I, I like when Star Trek can uh, sort of like speak to our, our real world. I'm also, but I'm a little wary with like the current set of writers. I feel like that it might just be a little too close. Like it's just going to be uh, Donald Trump getting elected president, and like that he's the reason why the enterprise is bad or whatever. Like I, I, I don't, I don't want things to get like that literal. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, I think we're gonna go to a slightly different alternate universe. I. I, I don't know. It it seems like they're close enough to our time. So they're, it's definitely one of those like, oh, look, ancient automobiles. And it's like a, a Chevy SUV. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's going to be one of those. But I don't know. I think we might get some slightly kind of something happens that sends time off into a different direction. And, and they're probably going to try to stop it. That's That's my sense of this whole thing. And... I honestly felt like they maybe gave away a little too much in the trailer. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's that's the well, whole show. And I was also a little confused because we, you know, so one of the big reveals was that Seven doesn't have her, um, you know, yeah, her eyepiece thing. Board game plan. But then she does have it later in the trailer. So I was like, I, anyway, so they're definitely pulling from, I don't know. Yeah, multiple you know. different parts of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, and what I've noticed is whenever they do one of these trailers, there's always a scene from the final episode in there mm-hmm, when you mm-hmm. go back, and and so we'll mm. see. I mean, we'll uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm I'm cautiously excited about most of it. I was kind of like, oh come on, you put Q in like black leather. Come on, guys. <laughs> how on the nose is this costuming gonna be? Like he's he's from the 32nd century this time. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just bring book back for no reason anyway <laughs> um, anyway well coming back to Star Trek Prodigy we had the sine wave which got referenced as a sine wave hopefully some kids being like what's a sine wave wow this is really boring I'm never going to study math again uh, and and we, so we see the sine wave we see that all of the characters are slow and fast Poor Jenkin Bog gets like a minute on the screen and then he's gone. <laughs> well, and you know, it was so funny. It wasn't until I watched it the second time that I caught on to why he said, why does the alarm sound so weird? Like it didn't, it didn't quite click because I'm used to hearing alarms go fast like that. But then I realized, oh no, like if they're doing red alert or whatever, it's always a slower alarm. Um, yeah. Anyway. Red alarm. Red, red alarm. alarm. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I usually hear. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't guess that, actually. What a great Easter egg. That's fantastic. I love mm-hmm. it. Yeah, same. I, di- I did not get that one. Uh, so, yeah, I, I clearly need to just watch this episode again and see, like, all uh, the different details they put into here. Well, the, the the way to watch it twice is to have a child who is too scared to watch it the first time. So you have to watch <laughs> it through one time so that you can convince him that you will fast forward through any scary parts. <laughs> <laughs> What we need is a six-screen version where we play six different versions where every character starts at the same time and then we see, oh, yeah. you know. Except Ooh. they've got a bunch of rocks 
time out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which, which, by the way, after we're done with poor Jenkum, who gets blown up, and we see the ship blow up at him uh, at that point, which there we go. Very like a bionic explosion, by the way. It felt very mm-hmm. like the, the 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 like explosion clouds were very like organic mm-hmm. in their like texture. It just freaked me out a little bit. Uh, but anyway. We, we, we get to Brock briefly, who gets very stressed out very quickly about being told to build the device. Mm-hmm. Poor Rock. Well, and she's had so much, like, they're trying to, they show that scene a little earlier when they're on the holodeck. Yeah. And she's like, don't call me the security chief. You know, she doesn't want these responsibilities thrust on her. She doesn't feel like she's up to it. Um, which and I you think know what? she may not it, be she's a little kid <laughs> so. yeah but was it was it Bill or Rudy that talked about uh, in one of our previous episodes saying that they they foresaw like some changing around of like what the roles people were uh, which I, I don't recall like thinking ahead or feeling myself but like that literally did just happen in this episode mm-hmm. uh, so that was a great call out Unless I'm making this up and it didn't no, actually no, happen. No, 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 no. It, it did happen with, with Rock explicitly. But yeah. there's another one we got to talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, so so Rock basically like banishes Janeway initially and says, you know, uh, which reminds me of the caretaker. No time! No time! <laughs> and then just sends the crew back to, the, to Voyager. Um, so Janeway's like, I'm sick of this shit. People like banishing me when I don't <laughs> <laughs> but uh we, we we do see that happen and then we're we're with zero yeah it's uh i mean zero is always there to uh to help move the plot along and to like have the good ideas to solve mm-hmm. what, what needs to happen so I, I i thought it was uh it was cool getting to see more sport zero doing more sciencey type stuff uh because it, it fe- i guess it feels more believable coming from uh the maybe immortal medusin I, I don't really I don't, I don't know if we have any idea of, like, how old Zero is supposed to be. I feel like it might be, like, a timeless kind of being or something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, the... I, I, I just... Uh, I thought that was, a, that was a good way to get us a... Uh, here's what the solution is that we need to have. And then cutting it short was a good way to, like, then sort of build on the teamwork idea that we needed to have throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. It does feel like Zero is a young being because there are times when zero doesn't have the answers mm-hmm. to questions and they're very curious right right like that's exactly. you know that's yeah yeah, yeah I, which i guess I, i'm not always sure of it. like is that because they've only been corporeal uh for a short amount of time or something like that but yeah i, yeah. I also need to like re-watch like what the reference to the medusans actually yeah. is uh in the original series so um Zero assembles is again, but straight to the point is like, okay, I can do this. I'm going to mm-hmm. get it done as close as possible. And is like, okay, I can't build it. All right, I'm going to have the blueprints that then you can take to somebody else. Yeah. And then the somebody else is Murph. <laughs> <laughs> Which was great. Poor Murph. <laughs> I feel like we heard some extra vocalizations out of Murph that we hadn't heard before, so... I mean, there is a whole ass actor they have <laughs> that does Murph's voice, which I, uh, I, I don't know. It, it's one of those things that it doesn't occur to me that that you like need an actor to do like little squeaks and squeals and and whatnot. But no, that that is like that's his, what, that's his why, job. Why didn't they have Murph just eat the anomaly? Uh, the storm <laughs> and like you know, like an easy I, solution to all of life's problems. I, I, I did have a, a moment during this episode where I was like, oh, wait, are we actually going to see that Murph can, like, communicate? Like, are we going to have, like, a long enough time mm-hmm. to, like, uh, try to get something out of Murph? But then, like, oh, no, it's it, Murph would stop being a joke and, like, a, a one-off thing uh, <laughs> if we, like, really gave Murph <laughs> full agency in this part of the episode. Murph really yeah. is there to delight three-year-olds because yeah. every time Murph is on the screen, Dietrich squeals in delight. So <laughs> Th- Three-year-olds and me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely the slapstick addition to the cast. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So, so Janeway is like, okay, screw Murph. We're just going to watch the ship slowly explode. All right. Here we are with Dell, who is a bratty teenager, teenage boy. Um, so what does, when Janeway snaps her fingers, does that like make the pad go away or something? Like I was trying to figure out what happened when like how she got Dal to get up off the bed that fast. 
Because he's like, knife try. Is she a I can't Q remember. And not actually a I know. hologram. Like there, it was just, I didn't, and I've seen it twice, but I missed what it was both times. Like he's just like ignoring her. And then he's like, okay, fine. Or, I don't know. Like, I feel like she did something that prompted him to actually pay attention, but I don't know what so it was. She snaps her fingers and we don't actually see what happens in response to that. The next scene is from a different angle and he just gets up. Yeah. So okay. I don't, I think it's maybe just her kind of, you know. <laughs> Being the mother figure. Yeah. <laughs> Get yeah, it's, it's possible she could have turned off his uh, his pad. Yeah. Like, she has some sort of influence over the ship system, mm-hmm. so might have mm-hmm. been able to do something like that. Right, right, right. Um, you know, Dal's kind of like Rock, though, I was thinking. Like, in some ways, he doesn't believe in himself, you know? Like, because yeah. he was like, I'm not going to be able to do this. Like, this is ridiculous. And she's like, no, you you can do this. You know, he just needed someone to kind of goad well, and- him a little bit and... and, and um, get him to do the work yeah. that he actually was capable of doing which which i think is a good tie into the previous episode because like that's where where uh he really starts to discover like oh, I, I can't i don't know how to uh how to get through this and i and like the thing that i'm that i i think that i'm good at is uh not actually worth anything because uh, i put us like in danger so I, I, we're, I think we're getting like a little bit closer to that um dal having the the, the falling down moment I, I still would rather have Gwyn be captain but we'll see if that pans out well and and Dal you know he he does b- get motivated Janeway is able yes. to find his strengths pull them he builds a device at the end he fails which is I think again a good lesson for you know watching mm-hmm. on a show it's like sometimes you can do everything right and still fail that's okay mm-hmm. like that's life yes it's, it's it's the work you put in that matters and then even your failure can contribute to somebody else's success, which is, I think, the overarching theme of this mm-hmm. episode is is teamwork and not necessarily taking failure at face value, which is when we come to Gwyn, she now takes the baton and uh, has all the tools to succeed, but Dreadnought turns up, uh, Dread Chakotay. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to go back. One thing I just want to say, I thought it was really sweet when Dal's like, well, what do we do now? And Janeway just kind of holds out her hand and he says, we just trust, you know, she says, we trust that the others can carry it from here or whatever. I just thought that was sweet that they held yeah. hands while the ship exploded. And anyway, but now we can go back to Gwyn. I just wanted to touch yeah. on that. Janeway is the perfect mom. Like oh my they gosh. could not have cast a better character Mm-mm. as like the hologram in this. <laughs> so, good. so, so good. So good. Uh, but yeah, so, so Gwyn has all the tools to succeed, but, uh, you know, Robo Chakotay comes and <laughs> interrupts um, and deletes Janeway. Oh, no. That was upsetting. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad she came back by the end of the episode mm-hmm. and then it didn't take, like, several episodes to right. have this happen. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't take an episode without Janeway. Now, now that we know that we can have Janeway back in Star Trek, <laughs> like, don't have Star Trek without her. You yeah, know, don't Gwen kill really... her. We were talking about like how old we think uh, Zero is. Gwyn, I mean, I know we know Gwyn is 17. Gwyn is really the adult on the ship as far as, I mean, like just her maturity, her, you know, I mean, she's obviously struggling with some feelings regarding her father and his betrayal and all of that. But, um, but she's definitely got the maturity to be able to handle a lot of the things that they're facing. Well, and and even like the, uh, there's not as much of a moment of like, Oh, I like I do need to put myself in danger. Like she, she just she knows that she needs to fight this uh, the uh, the robot and like maybe get herself killed while she's doing mm-hmm. this because it's mm-hmm. like it's that important. Um, and uh, so yeah, I, I I really like seeing uh, Gwyn get to just kind of be a badass in this episode mm-hmm. and like uh, defeat Dreadnought in a way that I I I kind of um, I don't I don't know that anyone else could have. Uh, Pulled, pulled this off in quite that way. I don't, I don't know. Except for uh, Murph, like, falls on top of him and eats him. Uh, that was another possible <laughs> way of solving the dreadnought. Maybe that's what happened in in, uh, in his timeline, in Murph's timeline, is that uh, slowly dreadnought was built, but then Murph just, like, ate him. Uh, and and Gwyn also comes up with a solution to the problem mm-hmm. on her own. She doesn't have Janeway advising her, nothing. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And is sitting in the captain's chair when she does that, which, mm-hmm. thank you. Hopefully, yeah. this is the start of Captain Gwyn. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and know, she, she even leaves a, a captain. Isn't it? A, she says yeah, a she captain's says log. Yeah, she says captain's log. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah. At the so, end. 
So speaking of people changing their roles, this is the one that I want. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and I'm hoping this is going to stick. And maybe Dal can be security officer because he's kind of impulsive and pew, 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 I think, mm-hmm. you know. Well, but I, but I, I mean, I could see Dal uh, since we've shown we've shown him like actually tinkering with things a lot, and like he he built the the warp matrix. It's possible that we, like Dal could be the engineer, and Jankum is going to be security. Uh, and well, Rock Doc so, is now a science expert too. You know, I I was thinking, I thought I appreciated that as soon as um, that. Uh, sorry, that was my dog. Um, I just realized that, or I, I appreciated that. As soon as there, like Jankum knew first before anything else that there was going to be a problem because of the anomaly, and yes. so he immediately goes to engineering or to wherever yeah. the warp core is, you know, to make sure that everything's safe. And so he does actually take his role as engineer seriously, even though they're not really Starfleet officers. So I kind of liked yeah. that we had the hints of that with Jankum also, that he's not yeah, just playing right around. That. Like he is going to do the things that he needs to do. He's like, you know, we may not be Starfleet cadets, but I am going to try to fix this problem, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah. And, and yeah, he immediately connected that gravity, uh, failing was going to break the protostar containment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. she he, he seems to be a extremely kind of competent uh engineer for his mm-hmm. age mm-hmm. which is wild yeah i mean and it could be the kinds of things they had him doing in the prison planet thing you know yeah yeah, well, and, and and also possible that he had because he he has memories of like being on a generation ship, I think, uh, uh, for with other Tellarites. So it's it's possible that he like served in some sort of engineering capacity for the first several years of his life before he was captured and put onto Tars Lamora. Mm. Well, mm. and there's there's some suggestion that he was he was part of this Tellarite sleeper ship, but woke up too late to kind of really be part of his culture. So. There might be some training on the sleeper ship that might have happened when his sleep or who knows. Oh, yeah. But this is science fiction. We can have things like that. You're right. And and one of the challenges here with, with him, um, so he's he's obviously competent. Gwyn is competent. Dal knows what he's doing. Zero seems to be able to like thrive. The only qu- Murph we've kind of given up on, but the only mm-hmm. question was what happens to Rock Dog? Rock Dog is like mm-hmm. yeah. eight years old or whatever in universe. And is clearly too young to know anything about anything. So how do you get this person to being a, a individual who can contribute things other than just feeling bad? Mm-hmm. And yeah, this was the solution. Mm-hmm. Rock Doc is stuck in time for like months or years or whatever it was. We don't get a clear answer. Yeah, and is able to just study hard. Which yeah, good message to the kids too. Yeah, yeah, I, I not the math. <laughs> I I like that because it was a. I mean, we were able to get good use out of Rock Talk in previous episodes because it's kind of a, well, Rock Talk it, like is essentially the 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 muscle because like she's gigantic and made of rocks, uh, but it's it's nice having a a quality to her character that she worked on and built up herself and isn't just like a, a consequence of like what she is. Mm-hmm. You know, there were two things about the scenes, though, at the end with Rock Talk that stood out to me. The first mm-hmm. was when she, um, well, I I loved when, um, you know, she gets Janeway back. Um, oh, yeah. And Janeway's like, why didn't you just go? You know, I see you made the warp matrix. Why, is it, was it the warp matrix? Is that what it was called? Yeah, yeah. I see you made that. Why did you bring me back? She, no one told me where to put it. You know, that was really <laughs> cute. And then also, but why can't she not hug Janeway? Because if Jane, I guess Janeway's a different kind of hologram than the other holograms we've seen. Because like the Doctor, you yeah. can touch because he's like a hologram in the sense of where the way the holodeck is, where it's replicator mm-hmm. technology and you know whatever yeah. hologram. But um, but Janeway apparently isn't. Um, yeah, Janeway seems to just for? be like She's not a solid. projection, and yeah, yeah, not a. I is that true though? I've seen Janeway like touch things and like yeah she will like she threw that one wrench thing to show that that rock talk's time was slow it sounds like it's it's just a hologram who can like make herself do this or do that so why wouldn't she hug rock talk then i don't understand in a deleted scene uh, janeway said that she does not love rock talk and therefore and is disgusted (laughs) by her and so cannot touch her 
That's terrible. Starfleet, Starfleet didn't want uh, the crew to get overly attached to the hologram <laughs> advisor, so they made it so that you can't hug them. Every other type of physical interaction is fine, but you can't hug them. Um, they were like, this Chakotay guy seems a little weird with like asking for a Jehalo Janeway. We should put some safety protocols in place. <laughs> now, I wonder if it's also a shout out to COVID, how we're not supposed to hug each other. <laughs> Yeah, guys, uh, while Rock Talk was in her reality, there was a pandemic on the ship. <laughs> so she couldn't hug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should have heard the vaxxing versus anti-vaxxing arguments that we had. Anyway. Um, well, uh, Rock Talk comes through in the end. The crew comes together with the big hug. Uh, there's all this, like, you know, very heartfelt stuff there. And then the final scene is Dread 2 coming, like, half turning on like one eye turns on mm-hmm. yeah and i just want the opening scene of the next episode to be murph eating that eye and it going there out there you go dietrich would love that you know i do want to point out one more thing about gwen the scene right before that um this is another example of gwen's maturity when she kind of makes her way after they all hug each other and they're happy to see each other when she makes her way to janeway and says how long was she alone like just yeah, recognizing yeah. what of all of the characters to be alone for that long, the hardest one would be rock talk, you know? And so she kind of just recognizes that, um, that, okay, we might need to extend some extra care to rock talk to kind of help her through that. And yeah, anyway, which, I appreciated which, that. And, and, mm-hmm. and the thing is like, that's, that's, what's great about a, a lot of how they've been setting up these characters is like, we, we learn a bit about them. They like develop in some way, but there's also something that like makes them really need the other people more. And mm-hmm. so, like, yeah, we, we've created a, a very a super competent rock talk who now can, like, think uh, in all, all sorts of really interesting ways and come up with new solutions, but is going to be have, like, uh, yeah, in, in need of extra empathy and uh, maybe we'll have an emotionally compromised moment as we like to do in Star Trek, too. <laughs> Although you, rock talk, uh, what did she say? Like, I think we should talk about my job title now. And I was like, oh, she's going to want to be captain. She's going to be like, I know <laughs> more than all go. of you. <laughs> it's the 32nd century now. So yeah. uh, <laughs> if anyone's qualified to be captain, I am. Well, it's it's um, another thing I want to I want to just call out about this episode changing gears just a little bit is how this episode seems to be not entrenched in having like a million strings uh, going into the next episode. It's like one thing. Okay, the the dread two is still alive and then the mm-hmm. diviner and dreadnought are still after the ship but it's not like oh janeway doesn't know the truth like we're saying zero tells yeah, Janeway yeah. exactly like janeway comes back isn't doesn't remain deleted they do because and this might be because it's a kid's show by the end of the episode there's a lot of stuff that just gets wrapped up and there isn't mm-hmm. like so much to keep in mind going into the next episode which mm-hmm. i really appreciate yeah it, it feels like a better balance than what what happens so much in uh in discovery i feel like is is you you need to like pay it like you need to remember literally everything uh in order to like uh get an idea of like the threads that they're picking up because they're they just they're trying to throw so many storylines as you at you and all of them are season arch arcing uh and it's yeah I, i i i like this um like episodic but still has little strings uh taken between each episode and I, I haven't seen a previously on on this show at all. Um, oh, yeah, that's if, a good point. If, if you guys have, but I it's it's just not been needed because you could show anyone any episode and they'll probably catch on pretty quickly. They might not get some of the finer points, but I don't think you need to en- like watch the whole thing to appreciate it, mm-hmm. um, which I like uh, as well. One final point, which is for, for me... Um, I think one of the things that's making me enjoy this show more than the others is that it creates a sense of wonder that I think has been missing Mm -hmm. from Star Trek for a very, very long time. I think it was the one thing missing from Enterprise, to be perfectly honest. They tried very hard in the first few seasons to be like, it's humanity going into the stars. Look at this guy. He's been building ships with his dad. And it's like, no, no, it, it doesn't work. I'm sorry. Uh, 
<laughs> and and by the end, they had a little bit of that with the expanse, with some of the other stuff they did in season four. I think Star yeah. Trek thrives when it has that sense of the unknown. You know, mm. the the like strange new worlds. The, yeah, the sense of excitement and and kind of discovery uh, without discovery uh, that uh, <laughs> that comes in and. <laughs> I think that was what was missing from the first two seasons of Discovery for me was that they were just in, they were doing stuff that we'd kind of done before. We're meeting Klingons, okay? They're cool new Klingons, but whatever, man. And what this show is doing, I think, is taking us to this world where you know the graphics are exciting and we're excited by them. You know, there's new science, there's new characters. It's just it brings in that sense of wonder for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. Okay. I I I hundred percent agree with that. So, here's to hoping for more. Um, with that, let's move into strange new ratings. I'm gonna go first. Uh, I don't usually do that. Emily's surprised. Uh, yeah, eight and a half out of ten for me. It's a very solid episode. Very very good. Um, better than last week. I don't think it was one of those where I'm like in tears by the end, being like, "This is the greatest show." I mean, I was, but you know what I mean. Like, I feel like I have to like. <laughs> I can't give every episode a nine. I only cried a little bit this episode, therefore an eight and a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so eight and a half out of ten. Fantastic show. I, I'm actually going to give this one a five out of five because I really appreciated the character growth that was happening. I think it was a great episode for kids. I think there were just mm. some really good lessons in it for yeah. the target audience. Um, and I really appreciated that. I, th- I thought it was a touching episode. Um, so yeah. And I just thought it was a solid timey wimey kind of episode too. I, I just, I just thought it was kind of firing on all thrusters. So five out of five for me. Yeah. I think you've convinced me. I'm, I'm going to, this, this one gets a, gets a 10 from me. Cause it, it, it's, it, it caught like the mechanics that we see from previous episodes and se- and series and whatnot. They, they work really well on this episode. We have the tech, the Voyager worthy techno babble, but it's like very focused and does explain things to us. Yeah. And it's not just so that like another character can be like, Oh, well, and then they say some, uh, some uh, techno babble. And then that means that they kill the bad guy in the end. <laughs> like it's a, uh, there, there's so much that's working really well in this episode. And y- yeah, like, like you said, Emily, there, there's that lesson, but it's not, and and even and it's it's it maybe if you just like pitch what the lesson is of like teamwork makes the dream work maybe it sounds hokey but it didn't feel that way in the episode mm-hmm. like I mm-hmm. I really felt the lesson uh, at the end and it was illustrated really well and I think they felt it too yeah yeah all right well with that it's time for us to to bring this episode of the podcast to a close uh, thank you Adam thank you Emily for discussing this episode with me I really appreciate having the chance to geek out over Prodigy every week how great is it that we've got such a good show to, to just obsess over for an hour every week yeah th- this Absolutely. is amazing so yeah th- thanks for making this a uh, thing that we can do notch this is yeah great. it's awesome thanks <laughs> for sure like four years ago or, or whatever whenever i had this first idea i was i was in the, my backyard with bill and i was like i don't talk about star trek enough with people i really miss obsessing about star trek and i was like it's going to be a sneaky excuse to bring a bunch of friends together and talk Star Trek every week. Uh, so here we are. And then also, thanks for letting me tag along. There you go. Uh, it's it's basically, you know, I was reading this book about this new profession I've joined. And they're like, it's very important for you to have a hobby that you can discuss with people. And I'll be honest, 90% of the people working with me, they start every discussion with like football or baseball or basketball. And just one time I want to be like... How about what the protostar did this week, huh? That win, <laughs> man. What a great plot point. Everyone just looks at me like, what are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> anyway, people who wouldn't be looking at me like that are Rudy, Max, uh, Dinah, and Bill, who are off doing other things for a little bit. I hope whatever it is they're doing and wherever they are, they're having a great time. Uh, thank you, dear listener, for joining us for yet another episode, making us part of your week. We always ha- appreciate having you in Having, having you have us in your ears, uh, not literally, but in your earbuds. So there you go. Uh, thank you, Jishnu Guha, for recording our theme music. We always appreciate you strumming away 
at your guitar. And special thanks to the vehicle Dealy jig on the Protostar, cause replicator. Cause without you, Rock Doc wouldn't be like learning all this science and like growing up. Gwyn would have just fixed everything. So really, we should be thanking the vehicle replicator for creating Dread 2. Uh, they should just keep doing that. Cause obviously these kids learn a lot when they're like faced with murderous robots. So there we go. <laughs> all right. Thanks everyone. See you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.